Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Jen Gardner. She is an actress and a cake artist based in Kitchener, Ontario. How are you doing this morning, Jen? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us. I appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate you. Thank you. I'm I'm glad to be here. All right. Well, let's jump right in. So as I mentioned, you are an actress based in Kitchener, but acting wasn't your first passion. You had always had a dream of becoming a doctor, correct? I did. Uh, My uncle Ross was a doctor and he got me really interested back when I was in grade school. So like grade three or four. Mm -hmm. And I had geared all my courses in high school to actually becoming a doctor. So I tortured myself with like advanced (laughs) calculus and chemistry and yeah. Uh, Yeah. So it just so happens that I got pregnant early. So around 19 and I was in a craft store decided to take a cake decorating course as a hobby with my mom as something to do while I was off with um, being pregnant Uh and uh, it started turning into a career I started getting orders from friends and family so it took a little bit of a detour (laughs) wow so that's that's what sidetracked you then okay yes I registered my first company at the age of 20 wow so can you tell us a little bit more about the cake business Mm. yeah so uh First, it started off as just in my parents' basement. They had converted their 18-foot basement into sub-basement and then a regular basement, and we built a commercial kitchen that the health department approved. Okay. And eventually, I opened my own shop. Um, not in my parents' basement. <laughs> I had <to> <laughs> my own shop. <laughs> and um, it was in Conestogo where I, we bought a house that was zoned commercial residential. So the front part of the house was... Uh, the commercial part of it where I had my studio and my commercial bakery in the back part of the house was where we lived. And it was a nice size property too, for the kids. At that point we had three kids when I did this. Okay. Yeah. So it, it worked really well because there was another bakery down the street that was a Mennonite bakery, but they didn't do the same stuff as I did. They did right. like the pies and pastries and stuff where I was okay. focused more on cupcakes, decorated cookies, decorated cakes. Uh, so they would send business down to me there. Right. Uh, and eventually I moved out of Conestogo because my first husband and I split mm-hmm. and I opened another cake shop in Waterloo and that wow. one I had for a while there. Yeah. And um, eventually I decided that I didn't want a storefront because it's a lot of work to keep product on the shelves. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So I, I went back to just doing um, done for you cakes and so basically custom orders. Um, so okay. I still have a commercial kitchen actually in my parents' basement that the health department checks on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I'll just take custom orders now. So amazing. Yeah. Now you also started teaching online marketing to people as a business. How did that whole business come about and what was the inspiration behind that? So that came about because 
myself, I didn't have a ton of cash starting out. My, my, my parents were very, they've always been well off. I didn't want to bug them. So, right. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, because I didn't have a lot of cash for startup, I couldn't really hire a marketing person. I couldn't hire a salesperson, right? So I had to do it all for myself. So I learned all these things by taking courses and then just trial and error. And eventually I came up with a system that I was booking about 90% of the orders that I was quoting. So I ended up putting together a course teaching my main form of marketing, which was email marketing. And then I decided to turn that into a course. Uh, So I created a cake decorating course and a marketing course teaching how I sell that cake decorating course. And it was on an automated sales funnel that was generating automated monthly income on email marketing. So Passive, passive income. You got a lot of income. <laughs> <laughs> now, although you're running two successful businesses, you're still feeling unfulfilled, like these things weren't lighting you up or setting your soul on fire. And you took some advice someone had once given you that started you down the path of acting, correct? Yeah. So it was just because I had spent so much of my life thinking that I was supposed to do this one thing, this doctor thing. Uh-huh. Um, it was it was kind of always like something was missing, right? That yeah. Because you go through school, but they tell you, oh, you have to decide what you want to do by the time you're done high school. And I had decided that. And then it just took like a 180, like going from wanting to be a neonatal surgeon to wanting like to doing cake decorating is a complete 180. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One end of the spectrum to the other. <laughs> right. So when I was doing cake decorating, I got offered a monthly teaching segment on Rogers TV. And I was going on once a month to daytime television to teach a cake decorating segment. I was even offered my own show at one point because I was doing uh, pro bono cakes as surprises to people that would get nominated that needed to be cheered up or had a terminal illness or people that were doing lots of great things in the community and somebody would nominate them and then we would create a cake for them. So they offered me a show around that. We filmed the pilot of it, but I didn't have time to fit it in for the rest of the stuff so we only ended up filming the pilot so when all that ended yeah it is but it was cool to even be offered right yeah yeah (laughs) because that's that's not like something that just gets handed to you usually so it was just nice to even be offered yeah but when daytime television ended Uh the producer knew that I had liked doing musicals and drama in school and she knew of this one tv show that was looking to uh, hire actresses for an upcoming uh, I believe it was I Terrorist at that point, which I'm, we're just starting to actually film this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, uh, I went and I auditioned and I got one of the lead roles. Awesome. And Congratulations. Thank you. And so he asked me to then come back and audition for his other TV show. And I ended up landing another like supporting type lead role in that one that comes oh. out at the end of this year. Okay. Um, and yeah. And then I started taking acting courses. So Wow. <laughs> Funny the way our paths, our paths take us. Right. <laughs> what was, so what was that piece of advice? Can I ask? It's basically that if something isn't making you happy, why are you spending your life doing it? So it's not that cake decorating wasn't making me happy. It's just that it wasn't fulfilling everything that I had set out to do. Because if you ask my parents as a little girl, I would always tell them that I think I'm put on this planet to do something big, to leave this uh-huh. planet a better place. Right. And I didn't feel I was doing that as a cake artist. Okay. Um, I felt like I could have done that as a doctor. And as an actor, I feel like I can still do that because uh, as I move up in the ranks of my career, I can use my funds 
and my notability to then help make a difference in the world. Very good. That's a great attitude to take. And that's a great way to look at things. Mm-hmm. So had you done much with drama and acting and whatnot in school? And if so, do you remember what your first role in a school play or commercial or anything like that was? Yeah, so I, I'd always enjoyed drama and musicals, but it wasn't my focus. So my uh-huh. first role in like a big production in school would have been The Wizard of Oz. I played <laughs> the barrister. <laughs> I still remember having this thing that we have to verify it legally too. <laughs> Yeah, so that was my first like official role in a musical. And then through school, like I would I always try out for the musicals and I'd usually get like a small role. And I love drama club. And um, in high school, I was in like all the concert bands, ladies choirs, I'd be participating in the musicals and high schools there. So it was like always musical based because that's what was available in school. So. Right. So this was always a part of who you were and a part of your life. You You had always enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I'd never seen it as a focus though, right? That right. was the thing. Because I was so intent on this doctor thing that I'd yeah. never seen. The, I just, I enjoyed being creative. So it was like equal parts science nerd and creative person. How did it feel for you giving up then or not pursuing your dream of being a doctor? I, I mean, I know it was as a result of getting pregnant, but, and yeah. of course that must have been quite a joy and whatnot, although you were quite young. But how did it feel having to, put that away and forget about that dream it was almost like I had failed or shortchanged myself for a while there until I flipped my mentality because I kept going back to trying to do some form of medicine like I had started nursing school and then and I said man this maybe isn't for me right. try dental assisting school thought, oh, no I don't really want to look at people's teeth for the rest of my life yeah like so I kept trying things I even got I went through the Red Cross first responder course I went through the instructor course taught for Red Cross for two years alongside still doing my cake business yeah so I have a lot of things on my resume right now because yeah no kidding I kept thinking that something was missing and I kept going back to the medical aspect of it like even right now I'm taking an online course through edX, through Harvard for neuroscience. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not because I think something's missing anymore. It's just that I really like medicine. interested in it, yeah. Yeah, so now I I feel content and fulfilled because I enjoy doing what I do and I can do all three of them at the same time as I have a direction that I can still fulfill making this world a better place. Awesome, that's great. What an incredible feeling. Yeah, you, yeah it's you, crazy, right? Because when, yeah. when you get stuck at that mentality, oh, the, there's this hole here, but I I'm, I don't really like this, but I don't know where to go. That, that it, it's really sucky being it stuck is. in that hole. It yeah. is. And, and so many people are stuck in that and they don't know how to get out and they don't realize that there is a way mm-hmm. to do it. You just have to, yeah. again, it's, it's about mindset flip, I think, part of it. Um, yeah. And I've had that uh, conversation with a lot of people lately. It's about um, it's about not always knowing what you want right away. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to go through things in order to figure it out. Yeah, very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. But I think that fear and mindset play a huge mm-hmm. part in that being yeah. stuck in something that you don't mm-hmm. like doing and not pursuing something that lights your soul on fire. Yeah. But the thing is with me is if I hadn't 
given up being a doctor and I hadn't had a cake business, would I have ever been on that TV show and ever been told to go audition for this thing? Would I be here right Very now? True. Very yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what your first paying gig as an actress was? So technically it's iTerrorist. <laughs> okay. okay. That, so technically that's my first paying gig. Yeah. Even though we haven't filmed it yet. <laughs> <laughs> what excites you or is your favorite part about being an actress? I love being creative. Because I'm the person that sits there and even though somebody says, oh, it's usually done this way, I think, oh, what what other ways could it be done? Uh And I get to do that on a set where I'm like, how else could I portray these lines? How else could I do this that isn't the standard norm but still gets the point across? Uh So I love that aspect of it. And I love the other aspect of it where as you go up in the ranks, you can use your career to do good things on this planet. So um, like people like, Chris Evans and uh, Kristen Bell are prime examples of that. Ryan Reynolds, they're constantly using their careers to help make a difference through cancer or the food bank. Or Kristen Bell's now started two companies to help parents that don't have uh, a lot of money. So she started her own baby line and she's got the the Saves Lives stuff too for like the bars to help and world hunger. Like those are the types of things that I would like to do. And I think that this career can do that. So yeah. Did you ever have anyone telling you, oh, what are you thinking going into acting? You'll, it's it's impossible to get to, to make it and so on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's tons of those people. The thing is, is that um, people speak from their own beliefs. That's uh-huh. one thing I've I've really nailed into my head in the past year and a half. I took a, a transformational mindset coaching program oh, and it I never really thought about it that way until I took that program that when people are telling you something, they're telling it from what they've learned and their own beliefs and not necessarily how your life's going to go. So you speak and think your life into existence. So if you think something's going to happen for you, then it'll happen for you. You yeah. just have to keep going. That's right. And but yeah, you got to put in the work. I mean, there's a hell of a lot of naysayers out there and it's just, you just got to be able to tune that out. And, yeah, exactly. And just keep going and pushing on. <laughs> yeah, and it may not happen right away. Yeah. Like Jason Bateman, I think he just got his first Oscar, what was it, two years ago? And it, he said in his speech, it just takes that one role. So, yeah, Jason yeah. Bateman's incredible. He's so underrated, I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so do you still have, so you've got your cake business, you've got the acting, do you still do the marketing business as well? I technically, yes and no. <laughs> So I, I'm not pushing the course anymore. So I've taken down that sales funnel. It's still up there. Like people want to buy it. They can, but I tend to get a lot of my friends asking me to help them with their marketing. All right. Right. So I've been building a lot of websites for people lately. I've been helping people set up sales strategies or creating designs for them to use for advertising and helping them Mm -hmm. with emails. So technically, yes, I technically still have that. So obviously that and your cake business have been keeping you quite busy then as a result of not being able to shoot because of our current situation, Uh, right? More so the marketing because of the pandemic, there's not a a ton of people ordering cakes right Right. now because we keep getting put in stay-at-home orders. Yeah. So I do have like a cake here and there right now, but it's mainly the marketing stuff, even the marketing stuff on the acting side, because it's networking and creating your own projects. So I created a project with 18 other ladies a few weeks ago where we put together this like virtual chick fight, which is like a comedy type thing. Okay. So it was fun. And I started a Instagram live series. So that's been keeping me busy. And all those 
aspects of marketing tie into that, right? Like promoting those things. Oh well, yeah. You have to promote the hell out of yourself too, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all part of the gig. Tell us about, can you tell us a bit about the IG live series? Yeah. So I, uh, back in, I think it was January, I was talking to my best friend and I was looking for a way that I could help people get their names out. Cause I have a, I don't have a huge following, but I have a fairly large following. Like I have 11,400 people, I think right now. Okay. So it's not huge, but it was enough that I could help people get their names out because I love, I love sharing. There's so many creative people that don't get enough exposure. So many like intelligent, amazing people that could use more exposure. So I wanted to create something that I could help them get known or not like known, known, but at least out there, right. To more people. So I created this Instagram live series It's called coffee chat, even though I don't drink coffee (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I've been using it for people to have great conversation as well as then they get to do some shameless self-promotion at the end of it. So, and it's been going really well by the end of season one in June, I will have done, I believe 26 episodes. So awesome. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is it got me over my fear of instagram live because yes afraid to go live <laughs> yeah it isn't that funny though i mean you're okay with acting yeah and speaking lines in front of people but you have yeah. problems getting on camera on instagram yeah. it's so it bizarre it's more the fear of something going wrong on yeah. live right because i'm at home with kids yeah like, there's like so many things that could happen <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually happened on one live my, my four-year-old was having a meltdown at the same time, I had just asked one of the guests what their best advice to their younger self was, and I, I felt so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, oh, it's, it's totally fine. I'm actually having him back on because I felt bad about that. But you learn that oh, you, you survive. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, things are going to happen. Things are going yeah. to go wrong. It's technology, and you're in a live environment. It's going yeah. to happen. It's unavoidable. So you just got to yeah. kind of learn to roll with it and yeah. keep going. Yeah. And that's the thing that used to happen to me on daytime television too, because when they first started filming that, it was actually live. Okay. So they, they didn't switch to filmed and then aired later until halfway through I had been with them. Oh wow! So I was trying to fit in a teaching segment into seven minutes. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and there was one time that we didn't get finished in time. So then they had to roll me into the end. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. But it was fine. I survived. So. There you go. Jen, did you take any acting lessons or are you completely self-taught? Uh, no. So I've been taking um, acting lessons here and there. I started at Armstrong Acting. I still do take lessons from them uh, online when something comes up that I really want to try out, like audition yeah. clinics and stuff. Uh, but they were like where I started. So like my got my basics and stuff in. Yeah. And then since then, I've been taking acting classes at... Uh, different like uh, casting director audition clinics or uh, I've been taking coaching, uh, Perlman Acting Studios. There's a, been a whole bunch. You kind of keep rolling them in. And then on top of it, my favorite, I get to do on-screen combat training. So. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that, that that's like my favorite training because I get to go do stuff that I wouldn't usually get to do. So Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So tons of training, even... It's funny because you don't even think about this when you start acting, even going for accent training. So, mm-hmm. yeah, to get rid of our, our sorry, because we need yeah, to say yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
What's the first thing you do to research and approach a role? For a role, when you get a script or sides, the first thing I do is I read through it a couple of times. Uh, And I start making notes because usually when you read through something the first time, you don't usually catch everything that you need to see. Uh So I read through it a bunch of times. I look at the character description, but that's not necessarily the actual character description of my character because sometimes casting directors are just writing it based on the information they have. So it's good to go through the script and try and see what information you can pull out yourself on your character. Yeah. And uh, then you start putting together sort of who your character is. And after I do that, then I start memorizing lines. Okay. Once you get the lines memorized, then you can actually play with it because until you actually have those lines in your head, you're, you're, all you're doing is trying to remember your lines. So once you get those lines in your head, then you can actually start to play with things and see what comes out. So and I assume that's how you prepare in advance for your role then? Is there anything else you do to pre- prepare in advance for it? It's just getting into the mindset. And a really good trick with that is thinking about the moment before and that line you would have said before your scene started. So most new actors, they go into it and they just look at the script and they don't think of that moment before. And that moment before sets you up for that feeling or that line that leads you into what you can then like carry through, right? Even if you need to say it in your head or say it out loud before the scene starts, at least figure out what happened two seconds or even three seconds before you're saying what you're saying or doing what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Where do you see your career in five years as an actor or where would you like to see it? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Some of that mentality has kind of taken a backseat because of this virus. Cause like I yeah. keep planning things and then they keep taking a backseat. Ideally, I would like to be further up because I would start I would like to start using my career to help tackle some of the issues that are on my to-do list like a big one for me is world hunger that's one Uh I would really like to help start to tackle and unfortunately in this world you need money to do that (laughs) so ideally I would like to be further up in the ranks um even with like a an ongoing role in a tv series or a role in a movie uh, and just more notabilities so that I can help start making a difference. So, awesome. Yeah. What, what do you think your strength as an actress is? Uh, I was thinking about that. I read that question when you sent it to me. I'm like, <laughs> what is my strength? And I noticed it on set one time when I actually wasn't acting, that I was watching a scene and I was looking at where the like it wasn't being like the marks weren't being hit where something could have been tweaked just slightly more yeah to make that sell better or hit better or have a greater effect if that makes sense yeah yeah. and I noticed that too when I'm doing self-tapes of my own when I'm watching them back I'm like okay that could have hit better if like I had just tweaked that there a little bit or added this in there and I think my strength comes in there is watching the playbacks and noticing where it's not hitting right and that in itself is actually like a a director thing and they tell you when you start acting it's good to actually know all roles right producer director and acting yeah so I think my strength is there is that I've got a little bit of director hiding in there (laughs) that's helping me when I watch back my self tapes to go okay I need to go tweak that so it hits better before I send it in do you have any aspirations to maybe direct kind of me I don't know <laughs> I uh 
I have a lot of admiration for directors and what they they put together. And I got a little bit of a taste of it trying to do that virtual chick fight. Yeah. And maybe one day, but I'm not there right now. Yeah, acting's <laughs> your focus. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I have a lot of admiration for directors and what they put together. It is some you watch the movies and it's incredible how their minds work and put things together. So yeah, yeah, Who there'd be you... a lot more learning before I try that out. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you consider to be your acting role model? Whose career? Whose career you'd like to emulate? And why? If we're talking like gender neutral, uh, uh-huh. either Chris yeah. Evans yeah. or Kristen Bell. Okay. <laughs> They, they, they're both kind of doing the same thing. They're both extremely talented actors in their own right, uh-huh. in their own genres. Yeah. As well as uh, they've started their own companies that are helped making the world a better place. Awesome. So that, that's ideally the framework that I would like to follow. Okay. To date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? My biggest win? I would actually have to say... The connections that I've made because I've met so many incredible amazing people and I'm so glad to have them in my life um, and a lot of them have been through acting which people that I never would have met if I hadn't gone down this path and now I've started creating um, even bigger relationships with them like one lady I've started another Instagram live series with and I'm planning more stuff with other actors and the collaboration and stuff and it's I feel it's making me you start seeing the world in a different place as you make these collaborations and you meet these different people and I think that's a big win because sometimes people don't get that opportunity to meet all these different walks of life and it makes you a more well-rounded person it helps uh, grow your beliefs and your techniques and your strategies and I help I think that helps you along the way. For sure. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I think outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> that's I always that a good box. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never liked that box. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I um, I was the kid where if somebody told me I couldn't do something, not in like a deceitful, right. spiteful way, I'd be like, watch me go do this. Yeah. Right? Like it's. I'll like, show you. You said I can't watch me. Yeah. Like people crapping on your dreams like oh okay you think I can't do this watch me (laughs) yeah exactly so I that's my my strength right is I don't let that stuff deter me I figure it out and that's worked really well because normal people usually I don't want to go with normal but most people don't usually start companies at the age of 20 very true (laughs) if I didn't have that mindset of of course I can do this I probably wouldn't have done it and then I wouldn't be here yeah okay speaking of success how do you define the word success what does that word mean to you Uh, that means happy it it used to mean money but then you learn that money isn't everything and success actually means happy because if you are doing something that you hate then you're not successful you're successful when you're happy in what you're doing with your life whether it's your family your friends your business whatever it is success is happy yeah, I would have to agree. If you're miserable and hate going to work and all, it's it's just, that is not success. You're waking up every morning, dreading yeah. the fact that you have to go to work and mm-hmm. why not. And who wants to go through life miserable? <laughs> well, you know what though? You think about it. There are so yeah. many millions of people who do it though. They stay stuck in those jobs that they hate. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what we were speaking about earlier is the whole mindset shift and yeah. doing something about it, making the change that you need to ch- to make 
in mm-hmm. order to be happy in your life. Yeah, and that mindset shift for those of you listening, sometimes you don't figure it out till you're in your like early 30s. So yeah, yeah it's it's true. I mean, there's no set time limit that you have to figure it out by i mean just as long as you do figure it out but there are so Mm. many people that just don't i think it's sad actually yeah and what's worse too right like going after what you want and trying and possibly failing but at least you're happy or regret right i think regret's worse for sure what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life and what was your life like before learning it what was your life like after learning it I would have to say probably learning not to try to fit in because that happened to me in high school when I was being bullied and I ended up with an eating disorder because I was trying so hard to fit in because back then being thin was cool. So I was trying to fit in with the cool kids, even though I already was thin, I became even thinner and then it became an eating disorder. And yeah. So if I can say anything to anyone is the fear of judgment and it's and trying to fit in just holds you back and it can even lead down even scarier path. So learning that you are enough on your own and to just try and go after that thing you want and not worry so much about what other people think. Because again, once you learn that people are coming from a place of their own beliefs and what they've learned, and it's what they're saying to you is actually not about you. It's actually about them. Then you can move further and quicker past that point well again this this obviously this theme keeps coming up again that's about mindset and learning to love yourself and i mean the self-love the self-care the self-work it all starts from within you everything Mm -hmm. starts from the foundation of you so yeah and that like the the eating disorder too it it was about control right i was trying to control a situation yeah for sure and you learn too Control is sometimes an illusion. (laughs) Yeah, very true. There are things that we just do not have control over, period. Exactly. Sometimes you just have to trust. (laughs) That's right. That's right. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? The best pieces of advice I've ever received? Mm -hmm. I, I think it was just, it stems back to not worrying about what people think, like not letting the fear of judgment hold you back. That was the best piece of advice somebody ever gave me that everybody judges. And once you, when somebody says that to you, like notice that you judge, you're judging right now. You're judging, like you've made a judgment about somebody the minute you talk to somebody. So you yourself are judging, but you're worried about other people judging you. So knowing that people judge should help you move past that fear. And and I had never thought about it until somebody said that like, Oh, right. Like, that makes and, sense. And, and judgment doesn't mean like it's always negative, right? You just you're passing a judgment. It could be a positive judgment or a negative judgment, but you're judging. So very true. Mm. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? My best self? Mm-hmm. I really like helping people. That that's like my that's my high. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like in my best self when I've gotten through a day and I, I've accomplished a lot and I've helped somebody. Jen, what was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? A turning point. I would have to say when I was 33, it was actually deciding about whether or not I was going to pursue acting full time because as you know, those naysayers will tell you that it's (laughs) not a a good career choice because only I think like 1% of actors actually make it in quotation marks. Really? Only 1% they say? 
I think so. I think that's the number. One one percent actually make it to A list status. So many people bail because it is a hard industry. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, we get more rejection probably in one month than most people get in a year. So, <laughs> Holy shit! And it, sometimes it has nothing to do with your acting skills. It could be like your eye color is wrong, your hair color is wrong. You remind them of your ex. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the turn, the turning point in my life is what deciding, am I going to pursue this full time? Cause it makes me happy. It, again, it's not the thing that I had set out originally to do with my life, but this seems to be a thing that could possibly help me still accomplish what I had set out to do with my life. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions, just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? A dreamer. Money or fame? Money. Early bird or night owl? <laughs> night owl. If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Uh, didn't have it all figured out right away. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first thing you think when I say the word future? Opportunity. What's your favorite stress-reducing activity? Going for a walk. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Uh, outside the box thinker. <laughs> <laughs> if you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Kindness. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? That's a really good question. I would probably have to say compassion for like the world to have compassion. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? For people to be more accepting of each other. My favorite way to unwind is? Going for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> the last book or podcast I listened to or read was? Oh, what was his name? I can't remember the exact title, but he's a, he used to be a negotiator for the FBI. Oh, um, Chris, Chris something. Yes, I think. yes. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember his last name, but yeah. Okay, that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. (laughs) Jen, what's your personal motto? My personal motto is just to try my best. What is one of your biggest failures or teachable moments or life lessons, shall we call it? And what did you learn from it? Okay, so this is where that mindset shift came in again. I've stopped referring to things as mistakes and failures, and I've, I've started referring them to as lessons. One of my favorite things right now is everything in your life is a lesson or a blessing. Mm. So um, my my biggest lesson to myself was getting over that fear of judgment because that that was the main thing that was holding me back if I look back at all my life. Because even in school, that eating disorder developed out of a fear of judgment. I, I bailed on a bunch of stuff out of a fear of judgment because when you don't go after something you keep yourself safe so the biggest turning point in my life was just getting over that fear of judgment what does the word empowerment mean to you giving people the ability to feel like they can go tackle that thing they feel like full and alive and powerful to be able to go and accomplish what they want to do what is one of your favorite quotes probably be my my einstein quote the no problem can be solved from the level of thinking it was created from. Oh, I like that one. I've never heard that one before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, somebody, uh, Jim Fortin had posted it with a picture of that quote from a street view 
and then the same street view from the top of a building. Ah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, so from the street view, all you see is like tunnel vision, right? Yeah. If you go to the top of the building, you can see so far. Yeah, you can see so much, a wider, wider picture. Yeah. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? Hmm, that's a good question. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one where you probably get everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Why why do you want to help people? (laughs) Okay. There you go. Why do you want to help people, Jen? I think people are such unique individuals to the point where we even have the ability to think thoughts and we have the ability to even think that we think thoughts and that there are so many incredible individuals on this planet and that we have the ability to do so much and to learn how to love and to love and to have friends and to have all of these experiences. And it breaks my heart to see people not have those things it breaks my heart to see people have no food it breaks my heart to see people being bullied it breaks my heart that there is still war and all these negative things on the planet when we have the ability to do all these amazing things and I would really like to help as many of those individuals that don't have those things to have them by the time I leave this planet Amazing. There is honestly, there is no better feeling than knowing that something you are doing is impacting and helping other people. There's Mm -hmm. no better feeling in the world than that. Exactly. If you could sit down and have a one hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Hmm. Dead or alive? I'd say Einstein. (laughs) Okay. Why? Just as if you start going through all of his quotes for a man alive or even a person alive at his time he was so wise well he was a genius but the things that he was saying the things he was saying make so much more sense now right Uh even that one quote that I just said to you because they apply to so much from a mindset perspective and I would love to pick his brain more on that mindset yeah because I feel like it opens so many doors once you get what he's saying Interesting. Okay. Jen, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Don't worry about fitting in. I feel like this is like a cliche movie quote, like um, when you were born to stand out. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's true true. though. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you 100%. We worry so much about that when we're younger. And I mean, nowadays, the kids with social media, that doesn't help anything either, right? That just amplifies it all. And makes them believe so much that that's what they need to do and that's the way they need to look to fit in and be Mm -hmm. cool and be accepted and it's it's horrible social media is a it's a double-edged sword it's one of the greatest inventions one of the greatest things that ever happened but it's also one of the worst because of the downside of it yeah exactly and that's why i've been using some of my coffee chats to touch on some of those subjects with people that are holding kids back because I do have kids that hop onto my coffee chats and I don't want them to feel what they're going through is actually it. Right. So we, we touch on body positivity on some coffee chats. We touch on issues like being transgender. I had somebody on, we were talking with transgender coming out as gay. Like we were talking about all these things touched on a whole bunch of, we've touched on mindset all these topics that would potentially hold somebody back as a teen, like things that like would have hold, held me back. We've talked about eating disorders. So coffee chat not only 
helps get the word out to people, but we're also using it as a way to talk to people, right? To to help start them those conversations. That's because that, that's what it all starts with is the yeah. conversation. Exactly. So I feel like, like you said, it's a double-edged sword, but there's a lot of people trying to use it for good. Yes. There's always going to be bad apples. For sure. <laughs> always. You're right. 100%. But then it's finding those accounts that make you happy, right? Yeah. Like muting accounts or unfollowing accounts that bring you down and following accounts that rise you up. So. Yeah. Lastly, Jen, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Oh, okay. Thank you for the ride. <laughs> Thank you for the ability to learn how to love, for the friendships, for the experiences, and for the learning. Because there's no, to be human is incredible. Because again, we have, we have the ability to think. We have the ability to think, to know that we think thoughts and not um, all creatures have that ability, right? So yeah. Yeah, we have the ability to create so many experiences and just thank you. As Gary Vaynerchuk says, he said, this, we are, this is the greatest time ever to be alive because exactly. of all that we have access to and all the things, the, the, the possibilities are limitless. Exactly. Jen, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here today and share your story and your journey. This has been an incredibly inspirational chat. I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show and I've learned a lot. So thank you so much for taking the time and you're now part of the Empowerography community. So thank you for coming into the fold and joining the community and, and sharing. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. And you have amazing questions. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Jen Gardner. She is an actress and cake artist based in Kitchener, Ontario. Thanks so much, Jen. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.